Welcome to Labors for the Lord, the podcast dedicated to the Word of God. We hope that this blesses you and inspires you to seek the promises and the love that the Lord has for you. Now, here's your host, Craig Majors. What's up, guys? Hope everyone is blessed in the Lord today. I want to look at two verses real quick in in Romans. Romans chapter 3, and going to be looking at verses 24 and 25. Romans 3, 24 and 25 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So what Paul is telling us here in Romans is that faith in Jesus Christ, uh, it, it is faith that saves us and justifies us in the eyes of God. And that word propitiation, uh, just it basically just means that something was done to satisfy the wrath of God. Uh, Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice to pay for, for our sins. And gaining God's favor, we were cleansed of our sin. Verse 25 says, through faith in his blood, we are declared righteous. Faith in what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And, you know, as you walk with the Lord, there, there is going to be a change in your life. Uh, there's going to be that evidence of, uh, you know, uh, with, with good works and good works out of love for God and, uh, you know, good works out of love for each other, for our neighbors. And Good works are fruit of the Spirit, but works do not save us. Ephesians chapter 2, verses uh, 8 and 9, we are saved by grace through faith and not by works. We are dependent upon faith, and faith pleases the Lord. It pleases Him that we have it. It pleases Him that we, we base our lives upon it. And it does not matter how big our faith is but what we have our faith in. And I hope and pray that you have your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died for your sins. So the other day, my mom and I were talking and she brought up the parable of the great banquet. And so I want to look at that and just kind of go over that a little bit. And that is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. And it actually starts in verse 12, but I'm going to start reading from verse 15. So Luke 14, 15. <clears throat> when one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. 
The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you command has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. So, the master of the house is clearly God, and the great banquet is the kingdom. And the invited guests were um, the Jewish nation. But when Jesus came preaching that the kingdom of heaven is near, Matthew chapter 4, I believe, he was rejected. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The Jews of that day, of Jesus' day, they had no um, valid excuse for rejecting Jesus' message. They had every reason to accept him as their Messiah, and it's just crazy that they, that they did not see it. The detail that the invitation is open to the sick and injured and poor, uh, that's important because these were the types of people that the Pharisees considered unclean and under God's curse. And Jesus thought that taught that the kingdom was available even to those who were considered unclean. And his involvement with tax collectors and sinners brought um, condemnation from the Pharisees, but it showed the extent of God's grace. Amen. The fact that the master and the parable sends the servant uh, out far to persuade everyone to come indicates that the offer of salvation would be extended to the Gentiles. Uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, to the ends of the earth. And the master is not satisfied with a banquet hall that is not full. He wants every place at the table to be filled. And those who ignore the invitation to the banquet, they choose their own punishment. They will not taste of the banquet. The blessings of the kingdom are available to all who come to Jesus Christ by faith. Christians, um, Christians must quit this, this work of seeking revenge against those who harm us, against those who are doing things that uh, we don't agree with. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 19 through 21, Paul tells us, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. 
I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As God's children, vengeance, revenge, that's that's our Heavenly Father's work. And He... He is way better at it than than we are. So instead of seeking petty revenge on our own terms, we should leave justice to the uh, omnipotent, the unlimited power of the God of the universe. Paul quotes from Deuteronomy 32-35 to show that God has always declared his intention to take vengeance on those who, who wrong others. We have to trust God's timing and and power to deliver justice as He sees fit. As He sees fit. Not as we see fit, but as He sees fit. On one hand, we might be concerned that God will um, show mercy to those who harm us or to those who are doing wrong instead of giving them what they deserve. Um, After all, I can testify that He has shown great mercy to me but isn't that what God does the truth is that that God executes justice for every sin including ours but for those in Christ God's anger was was poured out on Jesus on the cross Jesus Christ suffered for those sins he experienced what we deserved he took the punishment and the death that we deserved And those who refuse to receive Jesus' death in in their place for their sin, they will suffer the consequences for that sin themselves, and they they will suffer it for eternity. Now, with that punishment in mind, um, perhaps we will hesitate to, to wish for God's vengeance on our enemies or on our persecutors, or perhaps not. Either way, God says to us, trust me to handle revenge and justice for all who harm you instead of seeking it for yourself. Mm